Welcome back, everyone. My name is Audrey Norris. And I'm Nicole Norris. And this is the Double Take Podcast. We're super excited to just be able to sit down and, and catch up a little bit. It's been a minute since we've done one of these. So the first ever live solo with, yeah. with video. So this should be really fun. So basically, we um, if you don't follow us, follow our Instagram. It's uh, Beach Volleyball Twins. Um, and we posted on our story, just ask us some questions, um, you know, about everything volleyball. We've got a wide range here. Some of our teammates asked us some stuff, so we're excited to answer those. Um, and yeah, we just want to kind of, I guess, give you guys a, a deeper insight into who we are, what we're about, answer some questions. Um, so the first one, age old question, get this all the time. When did you guys start? playing volleyball if we started playing for fun summer camp volleyball when we were nine years old and competitively when we were 12 if we started playing in volleyball tournaments when we were 12 and at that point we could actually like pass the volleyball and finish a rally so it wasn't like too awkward um but yeah i'd say we we start a lot earlier than than most do we um we got to break down the sibling dynamic <laughs> We, growing up, playing with a sibling is really hard. And if you're a sibling out there and you play sports, you understand that statement yeah. fully. Uh, for us, it was really, really difficult. We're both very competitive and very particular about things. Still are, especially me. <laughs> um, but when we were younger, we'd be playing beach volleyball. And it's just, it's pairs. So if you don't know, beach volleyball is just two people. Um, and we would play together. And oftentimes, more than not, we would leave the court just crying in tears arguing never wanting to do it again like there's so I remember so many moments where it was like that um but I think that all those moments have made us who we are today and like any relationship it's it's just something that we've had to work on over time I remember that that first summer playing we were 12 and like you said we left the beach every time just crying and I just I remember thinking to myself, man, maybe this isn't for us. Like maybe, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. And then we kind of went back into playing our own individual sports. I played soccer. She played basketball. Um, but we kept that, we kept at beach volleyball and look what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm sticking with it. It but worked out. <laughs> it takes a lot of time and patience and learning uh, what the other needs, I would say. Yeah. So we're still working on it. So moving on to the next question, and this one I think can hit home for a lot of athletes, both male and female. We've gone through some stuff uh, with this question. And anyways, it says, how do you navigate a healthy relationship with food as a female athlete? I would say that, first of all, this question is very loaded and it has a lot of layers to it. Um, I, I would say that every athlete especially as you get older, uh, experiences this in their own unique way. Not, not everyone has the same experience with food, uh, and I wouldn't just say body image. I guess, I guess it's more body image. Um, and some people don't, don't have this issue, but I think that for us, it was something we went through a couple years back when we first got to college and, I think everything was just new and we were experiencing a lot of new things. And we, we were, it was the first time that we were put into this environment where we were working out 20 hours a week, lifting really heavy weights. Our bodies were changing and we weren't, I would say we weren't ready 
for that to happen. And I think, you know, how we dealt with it at the time wasn't great, but I would say we learned from it. Yeah. Um, maybe you want to get into that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's hard for everyone. Uh, I think as a female athlete, some people view it difficult to have to meet this expectation of being really strong and being really muscular, but then also, um, kind of how society might view what muscular and strong looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I think that's the, the trade-off there, um, that some people struggle with. Um, and I don't know if we ever really struggled necessarily with that. It was more of, um, when COVID hit, we had just started working out like crazy and we didn't really understand the importance of properly fueling your body. And like you would, I would just be, this was 2020. I feel like is when TikTok just surged and everyone was on it. And I'd just be scrolling through and I'd see all these influencers, like what I eat in a day, um, how to live a healthy lifestyle. And I was, I was like, I was all about it. But you look at these videos and they're eating like maybe, maybe 1500 calories in a day, which just is not enough. If you're a really high functioning athlete, it just simply isn't. And so what I was seeing, I wanted to kind of emulate that and achieve a certain body image and when I sort of got to that place, I realized that I couldn't achieve what I wanted to in my sport. And that was a really hard thing to face. Yeah, that was it was definitely a hard pill to swallow. Um, with our sport, having having that extra body fat, having the muscle, um, you know, having that endurance, fueling yourself properly, that is your preparation. Like that's what gets you to perform well in big time moments. And I think that we've really understood that over the past few years. Mm -hmm. So if you're a young athlete and you are dealing with that, um, just understand that one, you're not alone. There's a lot of people who have dealt with it. We've gone through stuff with, with body image before. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and just, just know that, that, that food is fuel. Um, and, and it, it, that your relationship with food doesn't need to, to be more than, it is, you know, I think sometimes yeah. we made it bigger than it was. It's not that big of a deal. I, I just feel like we got a bit obsessive about like, what am I going to have for breakfast? Here's what I'm going to have for lunch, dinner. It was all planned yeah. out. And I think it was just a bit too obsessive. We also love food. We, we do love food. We love cooking uh, food, baking food. That's a thing. Like, We're big foodies. So it's always on the mind. Just a mix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I would say the biggest takeaway is love your body. Like God has given you one body and it's beautiful in, in its own way. And I, I don't think that you should change that or have to feel pressured to change that. Um, and yeah, I don't know if totally. you have No, totally agree with that statement. It's actually a good segue into snacks. <laughs> so the next question, it touches on our, about this our go-to snack between matches, which comes from our very own nutritionist, Jamin. Jamin, if you're listening, shout out. He's the best in the business. We love you, Jamin. Yeah. And we hope the baby's doing well. <laughs> I always ask. Uh, he um, He's the best. Um, so our go-to snack between matches has definitely chained o- changed over time now that we really, really understand what types of foods will fuel you in the proper way and when you should be eating them mm-hmm. around your training. So when we were younger at tournaments, we were actually known for bringing just this massive bag of and the apples 
to every single beach tournament and we would share so with everyone. Good. We would just be snacking on apples all day long. It was great. PB and J, all that stuff. Um, but we went through a heavy apple phase. So that used to be our go-to uh, matches. It's definitely changed now though. Yeah. I'd say now we, so we've discovered um, this new protein bar and we're just, we're really big on, on eating healthy foods and our old teammate, Julia Schools, she, she, along with us, discovered this protein bar, and we love it. It's called Papa Steve's No Junk Raw Protein Bars. And seriously, it's so good because <laughs> you look at the ingredients, and it's the cleanest list of ingredients on a protein bar label that, that I've ever seen. And also, it tastes amazing. So it's so good. So, it, it's amazing. Yeah, so protein. But, um, you know, I think... The importance with this one and just to pass on advice to young athletes who, you know, maybe want some inspiration for what they should be eating at a tournament or, or whatnot. Um, protein bars are great. Uh, really carbs, like carbs are your energy source and carbs pretty much come in all sorts of forms. Um, but just, just quick snacks. Um, yeah. So protein, uh, protein bars, we, are huge advocates of overnight oats, which if you've been listening through to our podcasts, you would know that by now. Um, so we'll, we will always eat that before we play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great source of energy. There's fiber, um, carbohydrates, protein. We have such a good recipe. Yeah. It's pretty insane. And we may want to commercialize it soon. We <laughs> <laughs> want to put we it on the market. Something, something about that. Um, but I would say the biggest thing universally is to eat a carb before you work out eat something before you work out i remember i a couple years back i used to just work out in the morning without putting anything in my body and it just did not do me any good um it's important to feel like you have that energy in your workout and and allow your body to be able to sort of use that as fuel to get through whatever you're doing so i would say eat something before a workout usually it's a carb and afterwards protein it's important when you're you're lifting and you're using your muscles and kind of breaking down those fibers um that within the hour that you are intaking protein and and while you're working out your your muscles are getting broken down and so what the protein does is it helps rebuild that and ultimately you'll be able to make gains in the gym if you don't feel right feel right you're going to injure yourself most likely and by recovering well this way you can treat your body right and make sure that it's recovering from what you did that day and then you you know increase the muscle mass and that's (laughs) that's kind of what you want at the end of the day um, to be able to uh, sustain what you're doing on the sand that's a good point and it actually leads into our next question um, which is what is the fastest way that we recover our bodies after very exhausting practice. Number one is fueling a- after you're, you're playing in a long practice. Definitely eat good amount of protein, carbs, vegetables. Um, and then for us, there, there's a few remedies that we do almost habitually when it comes to, to season. And a big one is ice bath, Normatec boots, which are these compression boots that basically um, just kind of relieve, relieve your muscles after you've had a, a hard practice. We love the hypervolt guns. Those yeah. are great. If we're feeling sore 
And then stretching is huge. Still working on that one. <laughs> yeah, we definitely still work on, on it. <laughs> but it's so important because one of the questions we got is how do you increase your vertical? And if you're every day, at least for five to 10 minutes, morning, night, whenever you can do it, if you're stretching out um, your your quads, your hamstrings, your hip flexors, that helps a lot in particularly trying to increase your vertical. All right. Stretching is one that I have to get a lot better at. I think I take it for granted and I just, I need to get disciplined because I think it'll help a lot with what I'm dealing with right now. Definitely. (laughs) Sleep. Sleep is so important, especially if you're still developing and growing and you're a young athlete. Sleep is so important and we did not really understand that concept in high school because we were so focused on school doing well and then you know our sport and whatnot but sleep is really really important yeah. get as much of it as you can We've, we haven't had much of that this week no we have had not. a couple exams and have gotten no sleep but i plan on catching up tonight <laughs> yes <Yeah. So, laughs> uh, all right let's move on to the next one our one of our teammates asked for some book recommendations so I will start us off there. My all-time favorite book, which got me back into reading. I read a lot sort of as a hobby in high school, and then I went to college, and things got a bit busy. But during COVID, I I turned back to opening books and, and reading. And the first book I read which was All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. And it is just phenomenal the writing is amazing story it's just you open it up and you i i, I think i finished it in like two days i read just, that same book and i liked it just, i didn't love it but i really liked it what are you talking about <laughs> maybe i don't have this the same maybe i just don't have the same gravitation towards reading as you do which i, I don't said, this is all new to me <laughs> Sorry. i told you it was good it just took me a while it did. You're a slow reader. So I, I really liked fast. reading Shoe Dog, which is the story. It's a memoir by Phil Knight. It's a story of Nike. It's a really, really great story. There's a couple times where they almost went bankrupt and now they're like the biggest brand in the world. Amazing brand. It would be dream to work with them. Um, but I love that book. Another one I, I like is Relentless by Tim Grover. If you're an athlete, great on, on mental mindset, mental approach. I think he worked with a lot of NBA athletes. Um, he adds a, a really cool perspective on um, just your mental approach in sports and, and what's going to take you to the next level. So I love that book. Yeah, all, all the things that I wrote down are more historical fiction and <laughs> <laughs> not so much sports-based. But, you know, it's whatever is... You can get your variety. Take your poison. So. <laughs> all right, uh... Maddie, or I should say Mad Dog, that's what she prefers, um, also... She's her teammate, by the way. <laughs> she also asked us to describe the perfect off day. Well, we don't get many of those. Let's just... I, I will tell you. Um, but when we do, honestly, just relaxing. It's nice to hang out with family or friends. If we can get to go home on an off day, we live about uh, 45 minutes to an hour from, from USC, so... It's really nice to be able to go home. I think that would be an ideal off day. Hang out with the, the pets, the family. Yeah. I think the yeah, I think hanging out with the pets might be the biggest thing for me. I just love them so much. Yeah. I can't wait to go home soon. Yeah. 
Let's see. What else? Um, the biggest thing I would say is just being around family. We are very much homebodies and it's just so nice to, to have a, a, a good homemade meal, sit around the table with the entire family and eat my dad's amazing food. I would say that's like the so perfect, good. perfect off day. Um, I think off days kind of make me think too of just making sure that you are taking time away from your sport to, to kind of, I don't know, just separate a little bit. When you're a high functioning athlete, you're working for so many hours and you're putting, you know, you're working at a very high standard. You're putting expectations on yourself. Sometimes you put on pressure and you start juggling so many things at once that it feels like you can't do anything at all. That is the worst feeling. And and sometimes I feel that. And I feel like this semester I definitely have. And it's almost difficult because it's like, where do you find the motivation? It's those moments are hard because you're doing so much outside of like the little things that by the time you get home <laughs> after you've gone to class, gone to training, gone to PT, gone to class again, and maybe again, <laughs> and then you get home at the end of the night. And there were so many times this semester when I would kind of just be sitting in my bed for an hour because it was the only time during the day that I had to myself. I didn't have to do anything. Then I ended up going to bed at around 12 and it, <laughs> it ruined my sleep. But what I'm trying to say is it's it's tough when, when you have so much going on because it feels like you aren't able to sort of do like the little things. No, oh, definitely. <laughs> well, first off, we and like many other people, when you try and do too many little things or you're trying to do too much, it can actually take away from, from the important things in your life. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and it's for athletes, but people who aren't athletes, people who are ambitious and, and work really hard and put a lot on their plate. It's, I think it's honestly a universal thing and it's just human nature. Yeah. Um, but it's so important to, we've learned to really not spread yourself too thin. It's funny when fresh, when some of the younger girls come in and they ask us like, what, what's something that, that you wish you knew coming into your, your freshman year to your first time in college. And my first response is always, don't spread yourself too thin and don't try and do too much because you're already doing so much as it is. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that work-life balance is really important, honestly, for mental sanity. Yeah. And I think it's going to, it could take you to the next level because if you already have that ambition, that drive, it's never too much of one thing is never a great thing. Um, but I think that if you leverage it appropriately, you can actually, really take things to the next level. And for us, we've seen that. As an athlete, when you're putting too much stress on yourself, when you're going through seasons of your life where you're trying to reach this potential and, um, you know, that standard, you can't, you can't run yourself on the ground trying to meet that every single day because it's never going to happen. It's a progression. And I think for us, um, you know, the past few years having to deal with an injury, um, you know, doing internships while we've been playing like in season, it's a lot. And it takes away from some of the things that are really important when you're a little lighter and you feel a little bit stress-free, you're more grateful of just the day that you have what's in front of you. I find that I play my best volleyball and I'm performing my mm-hmm. best 
and in my best mood when I'm in those moments, for sure. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it just all goes down to having the right balance and how that looks for you is going to look differently for someone else. But for instance, for me, a lot of mornings, I I like to get up like 10 minutes earlier and open up my Bible, read the word, have my coffee and just sort of sit there and just sit in calm, calmness and peace before the day gets going. And I feel like doing that is sort of like a reset for me. And I'm realizing that I haven't done that in a long time. And that's, it gets hard when, when things get very busy because you're not able to do the little things that keep you grounded and keep you patient and easygoing. I would say achieving a positive work-life balance is not an easy thing to do. But I think if you find something outside of the main thing that you put your focus towards, it's just going to make things easier. I agree. Completely agree. All right. Finish it off. Future aspirations. Um, This is one that I think a lot of people ask, and I think there's so many people our age that are going through this kind of uh, quarter-life crisis, say. (laughs) I just think it's more of like a transition phase. Yeah, it's just tough. It's like, what what do you want to do with your life? That's that's the, the question. It's also that because I do feel very, very stressed out about that. Um, and I am 21, senior in college, and I'm still trying to figure it out, which I told myself as a freshman, oh, I'd have it figured out by then. And we're here. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe you never figure it out. That's true. I, I find it along the way. Yeah. I like to stay in the moment. Yeah. Uh, so we, we definitely want to play beach volleyball professionally. Um, that is our passion. We get the most joy when we're playing together. It's literally the best thing in the world. Like I, I can't even explain it. Um, if this is your first time listening, we're left and right-handed. So it beach volleyball, it it really works out perfectly. We're identical twins. It, every, it just all works. Um, so we're going to give that a go. We talked about this in one of our previous podcasts, but aspirations for us in that realm, um, is just to, established ourselves starting out on the AVP pro tour and then grow to, to um, establish ourselves internationally. Mm -hmm. If the Olympics are in sight, Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. I think that's every beach volleyball player's dream. Um, I think that representing USA um, will be sufficient as well, but, but being able to do it at an Olympic level would just be the pinnacle. Mm -hmm. Um, I would sign up and be done then. (laughs) that would be so so amazing Um, and then yeah maybe we work in sports as well um and and kind of go that route yeah and if the olympics or you know if something happens i think that along the way we definitely want to have some sort of side hustle going um keep up the networking keep up just connecting with people in the sports industry um and just give ourselves that opportunity while pursuing our sport. And I know that's very hard to do both, but I think think we can make it happen. It's all about the mindset. It's all about the the work-life balance too. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But mindset, confidence equals competence. Just got to own it. Yeah. So, and then I, something about the idea as well, and this is long-term, but the idea of, of starting your own thing. I mean, that's, that's, kind of why we're so drawn to to co-founding this amazing platform here the, the, the exposition which is 
uh, what this this podcast is basically a sub- subsidiary under. And um, it's, I don't know, I think it would be so much fun for the two of us to really play to those entrepreneurial, uh, to play to our entrepreneurial mindset and run with it and create something that, I don't know, is a value that's fun, that's a passion for us. I would, I would love to do that. I, I don't think I would like anything more. Um, just to be able to build something that's ours and work together and not have to work for anyone but ourselves. I think that would be pretty amazing. We just got to put our heads together yeah. and figure out what that's going to be um, and leverage what we already have. I, I think we've, we've sort of put ourselves in the right position moving forward. Uh, so now we just kind of have to put the pieces together, but we're figuring it out. Well, that's it for the questions. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we, we really appreciate all the support. If you're, if you're listening regularly, thank you. We are grateful for that. Um, we're definitely new to this, but we're going to keep working on it, keep putting out content and just have fun with it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have. My name is Audrey Norris and I'm Nicole Norris. This is the double take podcast and we'll see you guys next time.